Here's why you need to add Jerome Ford of the Browns to your waiver wire list and put him at the top as we break it down right here and right now as another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football begins. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. It is a waiver wire Tuesday here. We're going to look at the pickups for week three, topped by a big Browns running back after a big Browns injury. We'll dive into it. Before we do that, I got to tell you that I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football and betting for sportingnews.com. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk, researcher for NFL Network and fantasy analyst at NFL.com. Yeah, Michelle, it was a rough Monday night. We had another major injury happen to Nick Chubb. We'll get into how much you should go after Jerome Ford. A lot is the hint here. Mm -hmm. But a lot of other guys who can help you roster across positions at running back, wide receiver, tight end quarterback, and some uh, streaming defenses also to consider here ahead of week three. We'll have all that for you on today's show. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started now. All right, Michelle, we can't bury the lead here. We lose yet another top fantasy asset. Well, Aaron Rodgers borderline, but Nick Chubb was a first round pick in just about every league. He goes down with a gruesome knee injury also Mika Fitzpatrick was hurt at the same time so it was uh, just really messy Monday night action here we also lost Jamal Williams in the other Monday night game so Michelle what do you think here uh, you got to go on on Jerome Ford now well so this is the thing right you lose Nick Chubb so if you lost him you're definitely going to have to find someone that you're able to plug in every week and Jerome Ford should be that guy that gets to take over this backfield Unfortunately, this is what his next four weeks looks like. It goes the Titans, the Ravens, then he has a bye week, and then the 49ers. Those are four games, it, well, three games slash bye week, where you're not thrilled to plug in Jerome Ford. And it's not just going to be Jerome Ford's going to give you Nick Chubb production. He did have that really nice run of 69 yards that, you know, just the Steelers somehow it was about to be a minus five yard run and they somehow couldn't tackle him. And he was able to gain a big chunk of his yards there. And I do think like they're going to utilize him a lot. It's nice to see he got three receptions for 25 yards in that receiving touchdown, but Chubb, Nick Chubb has missed seven games in his career and the running backs that filled in for him, one total rushing touchdown throughout that seven games. Like everything comes down without Nick Chubb. So, yes, he's obviously like the big waiver wire priority because he gets to take over a backfield. And those those just don't really exist very much on the waiver wire. But I'm not thrilled about the next four weeks. Yeah, this is why this is important when there's a clear cut handcuff in this case, when they didn't re-sign Dearness Johnson, when they didn't re-sign Kareem Hunt. Jerome Ford was the second year player with upside that was there. It took them until very deep into training camp before they made the trade 
for Pierre Strong, who's now taking over as the number two. And Michelle makes a good point. You're not going to get Nick Chubb numbers out of Jerome Ford, even though he exploded for that long run and score. He was contained otherwise in that game. He's going to be a little bit more explosive in that sense, but maybe not getting those easy chunk runs, five yards per carry, consistency. The scoring opportunities are just going to go down because Deshaun Watson is not playing well. So there's not going to be a lot of opportunities there to score potentially. But uh, how you look at it this way is like you lost Nick Chubb, who is a floor play of a top 10 running back in any format. He's a ceiling play of a top five, top three running back every week. Now you're looking at Jerome Ford. You have to settle for RB2 like production when it tapers off here. And that's what you have to just accept. You're not going to replace Nick Chubb directly. But as Michelle pointed out, you need a guy with volume. You just lost Nick Chubb. You need somebody who's going to touch the ball quite a bit here and is going to deliver for you. So at least from that avenue, he's a really good pickup. But again, you can't expect those numbers here. And I think you just have to know that, again, these special backs can't be replaced by just one guy. That I think includes uh, Saquon Barkley, another injury we had this week. And I don't know, that situation looks rough too with Matt Breida immediately getting the 49ers. And I'm not sure that he's going to hold on to the job. Yeah, I would say I would prefer Matt Breda this week um, in terms of like we were just talking about how Jamal Williams got hurt and then David Montgomery got hurt. So when you're talking about these short-term re- replacements, I think Matt Breda would be the one I would prefer on these teams, right, that you can grab off waivers because I, I do think it's going to be his backfield this week. Uh, it's Thursday night football. They don't have a lot of time to, you know, make one of these young guys feel good or feel good about giving them too many carries. They're going to trust Matt Breda in a tough matchup, though. But we did say this about Kyron Williams, and he ended up having a good game. I don't think Matt Breda goes off like Kyron Williams does. But I do think he's a playable guy this week. So if you need to pick up a running back and play him, he's a viable option. Yeah, Matt Breida, it also is a revenge game, Michelle. He started his career with the 49ers. They kind of found him, discovered him, put him in that zone-blocking scheme. He had some success, but he had a lot of, remember, back-and-forth injury issues. It seemed like he was hurt every week, and then somehow he would play, and then he would come out of the game. That seemed to be Matt Breida's MO. So maybe a little bit of motivation being back in San Francisco might help, but he's going to at least get the initial volume. And that's how you have to look at some of these guys right, that you're trying to plug and play as RB2. Again, you can't expect Saquon. You go for that. One guy, I think, if you're looking for a one-week only play here, and maybe you're waiting for Alvin Kamara to come back and do something here. And this guy's uh, falling out of the sky for one week. It's uh, Tony Jones. He's still on the Saints. You didn't have Kendra Miller. He had a hamstring issue. Jamal Williams hurt his hamstring against the Panthers. So, I don't know if they're going to rush Kendra Miller back when uh, Alvin Kamara is just around the corner. And Tony Jones actually looked pretty good. Scored a couple touchdowns, the first two of his career on Monday night. He was okay. He did what the Saints wanted, right? Finish. He got the work that we thought Jamal Williams was going to get. Get a couple goal line opportunities. So he gets the Packers this week. I know the Packers face the two run heaviest offenses in the league in Chicago and Atlanta back to back. And they're really wilted against those teams. I get those teams are really good at running the ball. But I think the Packers, in general, are not good against the run. So that's going to help here, Tony Jones. Also, Derek Carr in this passing game stink right now. Face a tough Packers pass defense. So if I had to play one guy, Michelle, I might lean just for this week, Tony Jones over Matt Frieda. I can't believe we're already saying that in week three. 
Yeah, I think uh, keep an eye on Kendra Miller. If he he was close to coming back in week two, if he's back in week three, I do think it's not all going to go to Tony Jones. They really didn't have any other option. Average 2.8 yards per carry. He did get in the two touchdowns. I will say this makes Taysom Hill a viable starter at tight end if you're desperate. I mean, he ended up getting nine carries, 75 yards. You would expect him to get some more goal line work as well without like Jamal Williams being there. So Taysom Hill, I think, becomes the interesting guy at tight mm-hmm. end if Jamal Williams has to miss time. Well, isn't he a quarterback too, Michelle? So you could plug and play if Derek Carr. I don't know if he still he's has ever... a quarterback uh, designation anymore, he's, but uh... I don't know what it is. Yeah. Taysom yeah. Hill might be back and he might be annoying fantasy managers. Now he's Michelle, always there's back. a couple yeah, there's a couple committee guys, or I'll, I'll throw up three for you and tell me that you like and uh, two maybe not true committees here you have justice hill working with gus edwards there in baltimore you have jalen warren maybe the way Najee harris is running maybe jalen warren might uh, merit some more work just because he has a little bit more explosiveness there in pittsburgh and then you look at of course roshan johnson i think khalil herbert you liked him a lot before the season but it's been pretty even here the first two weeks now of these three guys when i go over them again roshan johnson and Justice Hill and Jalen Warren, where do you feel like the most upside exists? I think all three are viable pickups, but I think there's some upside to maybe pecking order here. Yeah. So with Jalen Warren, it's hard because I think if you're in a full PPR league, he can give you some viable, like you can plug him in some weeks. I mean, four receptions last night for 66 yards. He had five receptions in week one, only went for 12 yards. On the ground, I mean, where he's special is as a receiver because if you get him into space, he has that speed. I mean, he hasn't done anything special on the ground whatsoever. Averaged 3.3 yards per carry last night. I mean, talk about everyone was hating on Najee. He has had a way better average this season than Warren has, and they're pretty similar in touches here at this point. Um, so I, I still think Najee's going to have the carries. It's not going to be pretty. And then Jalen Warren's going to get the receiving work. He comes down on pretty much every third down play, which is often because every time the Steelers get on the field, they're immediately in third down. So Jalen Warren is, is a viable PPR play. Roshan Johnson, you know, he had the nice long carry of 29 yards, didn't do anything else. Played 43% of the snaps. Herbert's still at the top there at 60%. Until the Bears decide, oh, we're a better running team than passing, I don't know what to do with this whole entire offense because they ran it, uh, let me count, 16 times. They ran it 16 times in week two. Why? Nobody knows. And then for Justice Hill, Gus Edwards is just going to steal too much work. It's kind of like 50-50, but he steals goal line work, steals work. Sure, they're both fine. I think they're going to have to get behind in some games for Justice Hill to have some value here who's catching passes, but then you're just touchdown dependent. But I agree with you. Gus Edwards is the better RB2 slash flex play. If you need it, Justice Hill might be week to week with the matchups, but still maybe worth having because Gus Edwards is the guy that has also had knee injuries and breaks down. Now, before this happens to you, of all those first-round running backs, we had Nick Chubb go down here. Saquon Barkley's hurting. Austin Eckler's hurting. Now, the next guy that has the potential to break down based on his workload, it's not Christian McCaffrey, it's Derrick Henry. At some point, it might happen, and if it does happen, get ahead of this. Don't get Jerome Ford on this. Get Ty J. Spears while he's available in a lot of leagues for cheap. When nothing's happened to Derrick Henry, this is the time to strike. Do you agree with me, Michelle, that if anything happens to Derrick Henry, I think Ty J. Spears 
with his use of the passing game, he could be league winner. It does sound great, right? And I would love to have yeah. Tajay Spears on my bench. It just gets hard. It really is yeah. when you're like trying to like look at the waivers and figure out who you need on your roster and, you know, do uh, do you have two quarterbacks? And you can't really hold Tajay Spears, right? Yeah. So I, it definitely can be hard depending on the size of your rosters. But yeah, I mean, if you have the space, I would love to hold them there just in case. Yeah, that's. I think that's a great staff. And again, sometimes you have the luxury of having a great team and you got – some guys and you have to make luxury waiver wire pickups as well. Not out of desperation. Sometimes you got to think ahead and do that and uh, it can really help you. So Michelle, we'll uh, break down. I think a good uh, gaggle. I'll use that word of uh, wide receivers in our next segment. Yeah, let's do that. This episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes you... Make sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication, delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical Plus, an additional $20 off by using Lockdown at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Use promo code LOCKDOWN. This episode is also brought to you from FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, this is where I think the waivers gets interesting because there are a lot of options at wide receivers. A lot of rookies that we have to start considering, is it time to pick them up? Do we wait a little bit longer? Because we know in the middle of the season is where you know rookie wide receivers can really start to play more and flash, and they're going to start getting more and more involved for fantasy. But is it still too early? We'll talk through that. First, just check for Tutu Atwell. See if he's still out there. Maybe people didn't believe in him last week. We were kind of on the line. We didn't know yet. But if he's still out there, he's the number one pickup for wide receiver, correct? Yeah, I mean, I think he's even with Tank Dell. I think Tutu, I'm a little bit concerned if Cooper Cup returns. I think Puka Nakua is going to still have a big role here. But we'll see. The Rams are throwing a ton, 300-yard games here. That's what they do. They're running as a compliment to Kyron Williams and look good here, but they're throwing a lot here and they've really phased out Van Jefferson and Ben Skoranek and you're not getting a lot from Tyler Higby. So when you look at the combination here of Tutu Atwell, Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, these guys could be quite busy here, but I think Tutu has got a nice floor in the PPR leaning leagues. Nakua might be good for you in standard, even though a lot of his uh, stuff is done through volume here. So I do like Tank Dell a little bit more because I think he carries a little bit more upside. This uh, Texans passing game definitely looks good here with C.J. Stroud. And I think 
look, they're trying to find somebody else with Nico Collins. We thought, okay, Dalton Schultz might be involved. That's not happening. John Mechie is just getting warmed up. Robert Woods is getting paid a lot of money, but he's not doing a lot here. So it could be this is a young offense, ascending offense with Stroud. I think he feels the most comfortable here with Nico Collins and Tank Dell. So I really like the Texans passing game. I'm really also surprised by the Rams passing game. So I think both of these guys have value. I just think uh, Dell might have a little bit more upside right now than that. Yeah, I mean, I think both are great. And they all they each have nice matchups coming up that like none of them I'm like, oh, I wouldn't be able to play them in these matchups. They should be, uh, you know, a heavy passing volume for each team. With Atwell, the only thing you have to worry about is when Cooper Cup comes back, right? Is it Atwell yeah. or is it Puka that sees less targets? Probably going to be Atwell. You know, we already know I love Tank Dell, right? So if you listen to this yeah. podcast on the regular, you hopefully already picked him up off waivers last week or drafted him late. But he played, I love to see his snap count last week, played 62 of the 78 offensive plays for the Texans that doubled his snaps from the week prior. He actually outsnapped Nico Collins by quite a lot. Nico only played 49 out of 78. So uh, yeah, he has 14 targets this season, third most among rookies behind Puka and Z- uh, Zay Flowers. I really like Tank Dell moving forward. I think he's only going to get better and better. Yeah, these are definitely the two top wide receiver pickups. Uh, they rhyme, so it's easy to find. And their names are fun to say, 2-2 and Tank. So you can find them there. If they're available, just jump on them. They should be rostered in uh, most size leagues now. We'll continue with Tank Dell and talk about some more rookies here. So we have uh, Marvin Mims, who made some big plays for the Broncos. As uh, We didn't see a lot of Jerry Judy in that game, so maybe they are already starting to pivot to, with Cortland Sutton and uh, Marvin Mims being their key targets there. Jaden Reed getting involved here behind Romeo Dubs with Christian Watson still out for the Packers. And then Rasheed Rice still getting some work here, although Sky Moore getting a little bit more buzz. And then one more rookie I'll throw out here, Jalen Hyatt. I think he's a big play dependent guy, depends on the matchup, but I think he definitely earns more work for the Giants. So look at those four guys. How do you kind of prioritize? I think I would probably go Mims first here and Reed because I think they might have a little bit more value. But how do you feel on uh, these four rookies? Yeah, so with all these four rookies, I think it might be a little too early to pick them up. If you want to stash one, if you have the space, that's okay. But, I mean, none of them played a a ton of snaps. Marvin Mims, 14 snaps. He just had those two huge plays. And like you said, Judy wasn't super involved yet. I expect him to be more involved as he gets healthier. But 14 snaps, he's not going to put up that, you know, he's not going to catch two long bombs every week. He will have some other big plays. It's just going to be hard to figure out which weeks those are. Jalen Hyatt also played only 14 snaps, two targets, two receptions, had the one big reception. Rasheed Rice, for whatever reason, only played 11 snaps, 11 snaps. And Sky Moore, yeah, you might say, well, he looked better, but he had 54 of his total yards. Like pretty much everything he had in that game came with two minutes left in the fourth quarter on a wide, wide open catch. I mean, nobody was around him. That was his game, right? And then Jaden Reed, he did play 28 out of 47 snaps, but that's still with Christian Watson not there yet. So a little bit worried when Christian Watson gets back, Jaden Reed's going to see his snaps decrease by quite a bit. So I'm not like super high on on any of these guys, but if I'm going to stash one, it would be Marvin Mims for the future. Yeah, you're not going to expect a lot of consistency, and wide receiver has been slim pickings early. We've had the big injuries of quarterback and running back right now, so – Things are going to happen, right? Attrition's going to hit. Judy has injury-prone tendencies. You also have uh, Cortland Sutton, who's had some major injuries. Uh, we know Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs are buying up. So 
this is just there. Just keep these names in mind. If opportunity knocks more with injury and opportunity is created by them just playing well and they are demanding more snaps and more attention, then things could break free. But these right now are more deeper league options. I think two guys that maybe you can plug and play in the short term, definitely one guy, Josh Reynolds. I think he's probably rostered in a lot of leagues right now. So that's a tough guy to get. But Rashid Shahid's still making big plays here. And it looks like, at least for now, New Orleans somehow can sustain three wide receivers, even though Derek Carr's not playing great. Yeah, it's kind of weird because Derek Carr is stinking it up. But, I mean, I guess that's maybe why they have to throw so much, right? Because Derek yeah. Carr keeps making mistakes, so they have to keep throwing and throwing. And especially if they don't have any running backs next week that they can fully trust to give a huge workload to, there should be a lot of passes again against the Packers. It is a harder matchup to throw on. But, yeah, all the targets are going to Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, and Rashid Shahid. And with his big playability, he's definitely – uh, a guy that I would not mind to pick up and play if I'm desperate. And yeah, I would prefer Josh Reynolds if he's out there. Definitely grab him. They get Atlanta this week. Uh, they are home. Jared Goff gets to be home, and you love that for him, and you love that for the Lions offense. So if Josh Reynolds is out there, he's definitely a guy you can pick up this week and play. Yeah, and it, you just have to determine what kind of wide receiver you need. Do you need some guy that you want to stack for later upside? Are you looking for a big play guy and the right matchup can burn? Are you looking for a T.J. Atwell or Tank Dell type? That's why we like them the most, where they're going to be involved, get some targets, still have some value for you in half and full point PPR league. So that's what you have to determine here, what you need. If you're set at wide receiver, maybe take a shot on some of those younger guys. If you're hurting, I think you look – there at Atwell and Dell first and foremost. So we'll get into uh, some quarterbacks and tight ends in our final segment here to look at the waiver wire in week three. And uh, before we do that, uh, we got to uh, tell you about another fun sponsor here. Do you want to play easy version of daily fantasy sports uh, that is going to be a lot of fun and uh, that's going to be just simple to play? Well, Prize Picks is there for you to be your number one source here for DFS uh, for more or less uh, with player projections every single week. You just pick uh, two to six players, and if they go more or less than their Prize Picks projections, you get paid. And it's really simple. Again, you can make your picks, submit them in seconds here. They're quick withdrawals when you win. The gameplay is so easy, and there's an enormous selection of players and stat types available. That's what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. A lot of good things to look at here. Maybe some of these uh, guys on the waiver wire we're talking about, and we can look at their projections for this week and fill and roll, something that you can get in on and play. It's a lot of fun to get in on Prize Picks. We're also going to give you our Prize Picks pick of the week here on Lockdown Fantasy Football at the end of the week. So stay tuned for that to get in on the game. So Sign up right now. Uh, go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use the promo code LockedOnNFL for first deposit match up to $100. Again, pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use the promo code LockedOnNFL for the first deposit match up to $100 there. Check it out. Pricepicks.com. Daily fantasy made easy. All right, Michelle, it is uh, time to close the show here and look at our quarterback and tight end recommendations. Now, when we're doing the production for the show, uh, this name uh, maybe didn't come up uh, as much last couple weeks, but Russell Wilson, I'm going to start with him. Uh, first uh, first off, Jordan Love, Brock Purdy, Sam Howell, 
you might have missed the boat on these guys. But if you listen to our show, you know that you should have gone after them, especially Sam Howell. Michelle has uh, pounded the table for him. Right now he's QB 10 after two weeks. So he's doing it here with his arm and legs here. Brock Purdy, we know, as soon as he was named the starter of the 49ers, doing well. And then Jordan Love, six touchdown passes over the first two weeks. So probably tough to get these guys. But this is named Russell Wilson, very low ownership. I think people were just – Looked at him in week one and they said, he stinks again. This is Nathaniel Hackett all over again. He's out there. But he had a very big week two. And part of it is because the Broncos' defense is not as good as we thought. They stink. This week, they get the Dolphins. He might be a volume-based garbage player, especially if he's going to involve Mims and Brandon Johnson and little Jordan Humphrey and all these other dudes that he's pulling out of the woodworks to throw to. Yeah, he got a lot of fantasy points on that last Hail Mary play. But it, like, I think the Broncos, like you said, they're going to have to be passing a lot. They're going to be down games. And against the Dolphins, like the Dolphins are going to put up points and they're going to have to stick with them. And then the next week he gets to play the Bears, who's like the worst defense in the league. So those are two really nice matchups back to back. So if you had Joe Burrow and he's dealing with that injury, I think Russell Wilson's a, a great pickup play him for the next two weeks, let Joe Burrow rest up. And I mean, right now, Russell Wilson is the quarterback for fantasy points on the season. So I, I think he's probably your best option available right now. Yeah, I, I think definitely. I mean, he's not juicy, but if the numbers are there, the numbers are there. And this guy definitely is not juicy. And Michelle groaned when I mentioned him in week one, but now he's had two games yeah. of fantasy points, 20 plus, a lot of it, the damage being done with Mike Evans, motivated for a new contract. But Baker, remember we saw this for a little while in Cleveland, Michelle. Decent offensive lines, well-protected, good weapons. And and I mentioned this a little bit. Is it Geno Smith part two? He actually has Geno Smith's quarterback coach as his offense corner, Dave Canales. What do they do? They threw to DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett here. They're throwing to Mike Evans. And Chris Godwin, a little bit of K. Dotton, came through for us nicely on the very cheap receiving prop last week. Might be mentioned among the tight ends, but Baker, you got to hand it. This is a good situation for him to put up points. And Eagles' pass defense, not that great. They just allowed a big game to Kirk Cousins. Yeah. And I mean, who do they play? Uh, Mac Jones had a big game against seven week one and they're dealing with injuries in the secondary. So I, yeah, I, I'm not scared of this matchup. If anything, the Eagles should actually be able to put up points against the Buccaneers. You would think so hopefully more passing it's harder to run on the Eagles. So yeah, it, this all leans to that. They pass more Baker Mayfield's definitely an option gets the saints, the lions and the Falcons the three weeks after that. I don't like – see, this is my thing when I grow uh, – when I – oh, I don't know what I just said there. When I was like – when I don't trust Baker Mayfield, it's because I've loved him for so long now. Yeah. And every time yeah. I start to buy in, he lets me down. So I'm cautiously optimistic at the moment, but I still am very worried because, like I said, I've gotten my heart broken by Baker Mayfield many times now. Yeah, I'm going to root for him. And now you can root for him a little bit easier because he's not on the Browns anymore. Like, this is a good situation. We want him to end up well. I mean, that commercial with Tom Brady and give, looking at his Super Bowl rings, maybe he's inspired. He's doing some things here. And I, I do like this offense, however. I really like the adjustments here. Rashad White came through last week. Kate Otten might see a bigger role here. So I do like the way they're constructing this offense. It makes a lot more sense. It's not that 
no risk it, no biscuit anymore. It's kind of a little bit more calculated and efficient. And that's what I like so far from the Bucks. Now, I will try to make you groan here with a couple more quarterback names. So Gardner Minshew, look, it's not great, but he's competent, and the Ravens' secondary is not that great. I know you lose a lot if Anthony Richardson cannot play with his concussion, but get some garbage. Maybe he's a cheap DFS play. And then C.J. Stroud went after him in DFS last week. Nico Collins stack, that was really nice. So Stroud is looking good, I think. So I think Stroud at least should be rostered as a backup. Minshew, eh. I think if you're desperate and you had Anthony Richardson and you didn't have much else, you might go there. Maybe you had Aaron Rodgers and Anthony Richardson and you have to go somewhere on the waiver wire. Maybe you look at Minshew. So that's a very deep league play, I'll say that, Michelle. But I think C.J. Stroud, however, the way he's throwing and the wide receivers for the Texans, very good so far. Only the Dolphins wide receivers have more fantasy points. (laughs) This is a lot because of C.J. Stroud, and I like him definitely to have on a roster. And uh, Jacksonville, not so daunting this week. Yeah, it's really just comes down to garbage time for CJ Stroud, right? Like, it's not like the Texans are necessarily uh, amazing on offense. It's just they're always down and they can't run the ball. So there's going to be a ton of throwing. So CJ Stroud is a viable option if you if you need a quarterback. Gardner Minshew going into Baltimore. If it was a home game, maybe, but like it being at Baltimore, I don't want to have to deal with that. I'm not saying he can't have a good game. Like the Ravens defense secondary isn't the scariest thing, but. I don't really want to deal with Gardner Minshew in my lineups. Like there, there has to be a better option for you out there. Yeah. I guess if you're in super flex, you might have to go there if you lost yeah. Richardson, but that's maybe the only way I look at him. So, all right, let's move on to tight ends. Let's clean ourselves of uh, Minshew mania for a while. So a couple of tight ends actually that have been uh, doing really well, and we recommend them a lot if you get. If you listen to the show, you would have drafted them. Sam Laporte and Hunter Henry still available in a lot of leagues if you can get them. Surprisingly, another guy still available is Zach Ertz. Okay, Michelle, I wasn't excited last week. So, okay, he got all these targets. He didn't do a lot, but then he got the targets again. He did enough, and tight end is bad enough where – all right, Zach Ertz, you're still playable here. After all these years, you're still coming through. I'm a little concerned that he's going to break down at any point, but I think right now, at this stage when he's healthy, you got to play him. Yeah, he has two unfortunate matchups against Cowboys and 49ers coming up. So it's really a desperate PPR, full PPR option because it is just Hurts and Hollywood getting targets. Nobody else on this offense getting targets. They're going to want to run the ball. I don't think that's really going to happen too well uh, against the Cowboys and 49ers. It's just going to be an ugly, gross offense in these matchups. But Zach Ertz is just a volume-based play in full PPR leagues. Yeah, that's just the way you have to go at this point. And uh, one guy I'm really interested in, I'll mention him again. I keep mentioning him. I I don't know why I can't get off KDOT, but I'm very happy about the cheap prop that we – Looked at last week, uh, 23 and a half yards. He cleared that pretty nicely. Didn't take too much, as I said. But we're always looking for that matchup there. With the numbers, with the tight end, they usually continue as a trend here in terms of the fantasy points against. Now, you have to have some more data entry points here. That it can't just be two weeks. But Eagles have allowed a big game to Hunter Henry. They allowed a monster game to TJ Hawkins. And I know K-Dotton is neither of those players but the Eagles have a clear weakness for a reason, right? They're not too deep at corner. They're hurt in the nickel spot. They don't have their safety read blanket ship. N'Kobe Dean is hurt. So, of course, they're going to be weak against the tight end, right? That's where their coverage weakness lies right now without some of the guys they had in there last year. So, I think K. Dotton is a cheap play here 
because it looks like the Eagles are that team of 2023 you want to attack with a tight end. They might show up later, but right now that seems like the team player tight ends against the Eagles. Yeah, for sure. And then also Hayden Hurst of the Panthers. We brought him up last week as like a guy to sit after a nice week one because he had a really tough matchup against the Saints. And all he did was, you know, three receptions, 20 receiving yards against the Saints. But the Saints have been so, so good at covering tight ends. Now this week he gets a plus matchup against the Seahawks. Is this the week to pick up Hayden Hurst and to trust him at least in week three? Yeah, it's hard. I think it's going to be week to week between uh, Adam Thielen and Hayden Hurst being the security blanket target du jour for Bryce Young. So, uh, I I mean, I think the matchup says you can. I mean, the Seahawks can be vulnerable against the tight end. They did uh, give up some good numbers to uh, Sam Laporta last week. So, yeah, the matchup is good enough where I could stream them. So, look, most of us are out there streaming tight ends. If you don't have a top five to seven guy (laughs) – in your leagues and you're in a deeper league, you're out there streaming, trying to find the best matchup. So you can't ignore any tight end, especially with some guys just totally disappearing, like Chiga Conquo and Jawan Johnson. These guys just doing absolutely nothing for you. So you got to expand and adjust here. And uh, again, you, you might not have thought you're playing Hidden Hurst, but again, the matchup says you might do that. Now, Michelle, we also uh, have identified uh, three streaming defenses. So I think these are pretty safe. I, I played the Buccaneers last week against the Bears, and it's mainly because they were playing the Bears. The Packers came through big time in week one. The Chiefs get them at home. Chris Jones and that defense look good. So that's one of them. I think uh, we agree on that one. And yep. we look at the Rams. Obviously, if they get Jake Browning on the road, the Rams defense hasn't been all that bad. I think you can go in that direction. But what I was going to ask you about that uh, – May turn some fantasy matters off Seahawks. I know they haven't looked all that great in the two weeks against the Rams and Lions, but the Panthers, I think this is an opportunity to get some sacks and maybe some takeaways. Yeah, the Panthers offense is just struggling right now. They don't have good enough weapons. I mean, poor Bryce Young, like his, when we're bringing up Hayden Hurst is possibly his top target. Like he's in a bad situation, right? So I do think you can play defenses against the Panthers offense and Hopefully you can get some sacks and some turnovers. So, uh, yeah, I think Seahawks are a viable play this week. I would prefer the first two teams you said, definitely Chiefs against their Bears. And then I would also, as long as Joe Burrow's not playing, I would consider the – I would not consider. I would want to play the Rams against the Bengals. Yeah, and surprisingly, your Steelers were not – owned all that much going into week two. Oh, well, then that's the number one. Yeah. I mean, with TJ Watt there, they're going to, yeah, yeah, they're going to get the sacks. There weren't, but I feel like the Steelers are one of those defenses that in some leagues, they go really early. In some leagues, people forget about them. So uh, you're not going to get a discount on the Steelers now after they scored two defensive touchdowns. You're going to probably have to make them a higher priority. So they might be available. Just take a look just because some people are fickle with their defenses, dropped them before playing the Browns. But if you play the Steelers, you probably won your matchup there playing them Monday night with two defensive touchdowns from Highsmith and Watt there. So good stuff all around. And I'm sure Michelle was happy about that result as well. So Steelers defense, again, playing the Raiders this week, number one, if they're still out there for you. So check it out here. Thanks again for checking out our waiver wire look here. Week three, four locked on fantasy football. This has been Vinny Iyer. And I'm Michelle Majuk. Bye, y'all. You are locked on fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.